bless the Lord, church. Amen. How many of you are glad that you are children of God tonight? Amen. I know we've all been born and birthed by an earthly woman, but I'm glad that we have a father which is in heaven. Amen. How many of you are glad to be in God's house tonight? Thank God. Know that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and week after week, I'm just thrilled to see you here. I don't ever take your attendance uh, for granted. I know that we all have busy schedules and things that we could be doing and maybe even should be doing, but we take the time to come into God's house, and I'm just thankful that every time we come, he's here, amen? If we uh, take the time to him, draw near to him, the Bible says he'll draw near to us. So I pray tonight that we just, and I already feel it, that he's drawn near to us, Uh, The title of my message this evening is kind of a continuation from last week, but tonight it is called Glow in the Dark. Uh, It's a continuation, like I said, from Matthew chapter 5 and Christ's call uh, for every Christian to be salt and light in the midst of a lost and dying world. I don't want to be redundant at all from last week's lesson, but I do believe we all need to truly understand Uh, Our duty and our responsibility to be the light of the world. Our duty and our responsibility to be that city on a hill. To be the candle in the dark, church, just as Christ has called each and every one of us to be. He's not just called the pastors. He's not just called the elders. He's not just called the staff. uh, To be the light of the world, he has called each and every one of us uh, to be that city that's on a hill and to glow in the dark. Amen? That's kind of the title of my message tonight. I'm continuing this word because I truly believe, and I'm not saying any of this in a condemning way, and I'm saying this with me as part of this equation, but I'm bringing this word because I truly believe we're not shining as brightly as we should. I believe we are not telling people about Christ and about the cross like we should be. I don't believe that we are revealing the kingdom of God as God's people, as we should be. We're not sharing the gospel like we should be. We're not witnessing to a lost and dying world like we should be. We're not going into the common places of society like we talked about last week, like we should be. And how many of you know we should be doing all of those things? It's why God sent us His only begotten Son, it's so that we might save But that's so we might be the light of the world as well, so that we might go out there into that world, into the highways and the byways, and bring someone else to Jesus Christ. How many of you are here tonight and say, like me, that we can do a better job of shining for Jesus Christ? Amen? I include myself in that. Like I said, I'm continuing this message because I believe the church as a whole has come to this place Uh, where evangelism seems to be the most overlooked part of our faith. It seems to be the least of our priorities when Christ, all through Scripture and all throughout His life, made it His top priority. Evangelism was Jesus Christ's top priority. He came into this world to search out and save the lost. He came into this world to be a shining light. He came to this world, the Bible says, he actually went into all the cities to share the good news of Jesus, uh, the good news of the kingdom of God. 
he did share the news of Jesus Christ because he was sharing the news of, of him being the Messiah, amen, and him being the way to, 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 to the Father. But that was always Jesus' top priority. He went into all the cities and preached the gospel. He went into all the cities and announced the kingdom of God. He went into all the cities and he healed the sick and he caused the blind to see, amen. He went into all the cities, the Bible says, and he helped those that were helpless, and the reality is, as sons and daughters of God, we should be doing the same exact thing. Everywhere that Jesus went, the kingdom of God shone brightly in his life, even when he was hanging on the cross, amen? Even if he, when he was suffering something that we could not even fathom or even understand in our own mind, he still shone forth the kingdom of God, amen? And that's what, that's what this whole, I guess I'm going to call it a mini-series because it's part two of last week. So I want us to keep that in mind. But before I get to the word, I want us to realize that Christ's call in Matthew chapter 5 wasn't presented to us as an option in our faith. And I'm going to pray in just a moment. It was not presented as being an option in our faith. It wasn't presented to us as an a la carte item. You might say, when Jesus spoke these words, he stated them as fact. He said, you are the salt of the earth. He said, you are the light of the world. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And then he sent us forth into that world and told us to be the candle in the dark. He called us to, to let our light so shine before men so that they might see. Because the reality is, no one else can be the candle and no one else will be the candle except for the children of God. I shared that with you last week. No one else can shine like a Christian can shine. No one else can be the light of the world. And no one else was called the light of the world except for the sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Amen? So please understand, Christians are the only individuals on the face of the earth who can shine forth for Jesus Christ. We're the only ones on the face of the earth that can reveal the kingdom of God to a lost and dying world. We're the only ones who are capable of glowing in the dark because we are the light of the world. Amen? That's what God called us. That's what he saved us for, and that's what he has anointed us to be, the light of the world. Like I said, when Jesus spoke these words in the Sermon on the Mount, he made them our duty and our responsibility. But far too often, church, when it comes to the call of evangelism, when it comes to the duty and the responsibility of going out there into a lost and dying world, we have a tendency to leave it with the pastor. Pastor can do it. The staff can do it. The elders can do it. The, the missionaries can do it. That's why I send money overseas so they can be the light of the world. Or, or the televangelists can do it. It's why I show money to the, to the TV uh, ministries that I watch every single week so they can be the salt and the light of the earth, church. But listen to me. Jesus said, you are the light of the earth. He said, Jeff, you are the light of the earth. Daryl, you are the light of the earth. David and Martha, you are the light of the earth. Gordon, you are the light of the earth. Willie, and I could go all through. Uh, better way, guys, you are the light of the earth, Jesus said. And we can't put that duty and that responsibility on anyone else. We have to take it seriously. And we have to ask daily for the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit for us to be who God has called us to be, which is salt and which is light to a lost and dying world. Amen? 
And that's what the title of my message is this morning. Glow in the dark because that's the call that God has placed on us for us to glow in the dark. Every day the Holy Spirit says to me, Jeff, go glow in the dark. Amen? Now you might not use those words, but I know that's what the Holy Spirit wants me to do. And that's the title of my message, and that's what we're going to look at again this evening. Amen? But before we do, as we always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are already in this place. I thank you, Lord, that you have designed a word for me to bring to your people. It's a word of light, and it's a word of life. And I pray, God, that we would be more than hearers tonight. I pray that we would be hearers, that we would be glad to listen to and receive your word. But then I pray, God, that we would be doers of your word as well, that we would take everything that you speak into our life, Father, that you would allow it to find a place within the soil of our soul, that you would then cultivate it and allow it to grow, God, and that those things would then uh, stir us, God, and move us to go and be the salt and the light that you've called us to be to go glow in the dark. I pray that you would arrest my mind, my mouth, every word that is spoken, God, everything that I do up here while I'm behind the pulpit, God, that it would come under the control and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, the same for your people, that you would anoint their ears and their hearts and their minds, God, to receive whatever revelation you have for them, whatever challenge or call you might place upon their lives. Let them have the courage to receive it all. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus and careful to give you all the praise. And everyone said, amen, amen. I know I read it last week. We'll read it again because this is where I'm continuing in this lesson tonight. In Matthew 5, 14 to 16, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. And again, not to be redundant from last week, but how many of you know it glorifies the Father when we answer that call? It glorifies the Father. It puts a smile on His face when His children decide to be children of light and to go out there and to glow in the dark. Amen? I introduced that passage last week in our call, but I want to look at it again because I want to compare ourselves to another attribute of light and see if we really are who God has called us to be, to see if we are shining, to see if we are that city on the hill, to see if we really are glowing in the dark. Amen, church? This is kind of a spiritual test and and a benchmark for us to weigh ourselves against. And at the end of the message, say, well, God, like I said at the beginning, I know I got some glowing to do. And I know I got some, some more better shining to do. Amen? So one of the first attributes of light that we looked at last week was that light enables people or others to see. Remember, Jesus said, let your light so shine that, that, that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 
Let your light so shine before men that they may gain a glimpse of the Father and the, and the character of God and, and the culture of God. That's exactly what he meant by that they might see your good works. Because how many of you know our good works are a reflection of Jesus Christ? Our good works are a reflection and a revelation of the culture of the kingdom of God and of the character of Christ. So he says when, we, when you live like the light and you glow in the dark, you are living in such a way that, the, that those around you might see the characters of Christ and gain a glimpse of the kingdom of God, and God is glorified when we do that. And other individuals' lives are changed as well because they want to come out of darkness into the glorious light of God as well. Let your light so shine, Jesus said, because unless we shine, unless we turn on the light of Jesus Christ, unless we are a candle in this dark and dying world, this world will never see and this world will never be saved, church. And the truth is that comment should stir us to shine. The comment that unless we shine, this world will never see, this world will always wander in the darkness, and this world will never come to Christ, that comment should stir us to shine. That comment should stir us every single day to step out of the house shining for Jesus Christ. Because the reality is every single day, whether it's in your own home, whether it's in your neighborhood, whether it's in your workplace or the places you frequent each and every day, there is someone that is lost and dying and going to hell. And that should grieve our hearts and it should move us to shine in such a way that we're moved to say, I don't want anyone going to hell. I don't want anyone lost in darkness. I don't want anyone to miss out on on spending eternity with the Father. So you know what I'm going to be moved to do? I'm going to be moved to shine, and I'm going to go out there and glow in the dark. You see, just the reality and just the thought that someone might be separated from the Father for all eternity should move us to shine like we've never shined before. That those that work beside of us, those that live beside of us, those that might even be in the same house as us, for, for the, the mere fact that some of them or one of them might spend eternity separated from the Father should move us to the place where we say, God, whatever you got to do to help me shine, do it, God. Because we all know someone that needs Jesus. Amen? We all know someone that needs to come into the light, church. The reality is, like I've already said, I'm staying on this message because I believe it's urgent, church. Because the reality is, without the light and life of Jesus Christ, this world is destined for destruction. This world is destined for destruction if they do not receive Jesus Christ in their life. And I know it's not a message that we hear very often. I rarely hear it on TV. But the message of the fact is that without the light and life of Jesus Christ, this world is going to hell. This world is going to a place called Hades, church, and it should grieve us and it should move us to that place that we answer the, the call of Jesus Christ on our life, that we fulfill the duty and the responsibility to be one of those individuals that reaches out into that darkness and snatches someone from the hand of the enemy. 
and brings them into the presence in the light of God and the light of Jesus Christ. We should be grieved by just the thought, church, that anyone would spend eternity in hell, that anyone would be separated, like I said, from the Father, that anyone would spend eternity where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth because of the pain of their punishment. We don't talk about hell a lot, but I'm telling you, those that are there for all eternity, the Bible says that place will be filled with weeping and torment and the gnashing and grinding of teeth because of the forever pain that they will have to endure. That thought should move us. That thought should grieve us. That thought should get us out of our comfort zone, church. That thought should get us knocking on a next door neighbor's door. That thought should get us to open our mouth in the workplace. That thought all on its own should cause us to shine for Jesus Christ. Because the reality is without the light and life of Jesus Christ, this world is going to hell. And it's not because God doesn't love them. It's because they've never been exposed to the light of Jesus Christ, church. Listen, Proverbs 4.19 says, The way of the unsaved is like darkness, and they do not see over what they stumble. They don't see it, church. The way of the unsaved is darkness, and you and I have been in that way, church. And thank God that the light of Jesus Christ came into our life. But you know as well as I do that when you were walking in darkness, you didn't see the error of your ways. You didn't see the consequences of your sins. You didn't see how it grieved the Father. You didn't see how it hurt your spouse or your mother or your father. You didn't see any of that stuff. But Jesus shone into our life, thank God, that we might see, that we might see the error of our ways, that we might see the consequences of our sin, that we might see what lies down that road just ahead. This world is deceived by darkness, church, and they need to see the light. They need someone to glow in the dark. They need someone to be a city on the hill. They need someone to shine in the dark places of their world so they don't have to spend eternity separated from the Father. Amen, church? Oh, please understand. This world is not going to hell because they lie, cheat, and steal. This world is not going to hell because they commit adultery because they do drugs, or because they even take another individual's life. This world is not going to hell because they're greedy, because they're envious, or because they're lustful. This world is going to hell because they do not have the light and life of Jesus Christ in their heart, church. They're going to hell because their hearts are filled with darkness instead. And the only way to dispel that darkness, the only way to overcome that darkness is if the children of God, who are the children of light, begin to live like light and begin to cast that light and shine that light out there into a dark and dying world. Listen, that's why people are going to hell. Not because they do wrong things. It's because they have either not received the light, been exposed to the light, or rejected the light is what the Bible tells me. 
Listen, and that's what we have to be concerned about. Far too often we're concerned about their sin more than we're concerned about their soul. We're quick to condemn those that are lost out there in the dark. We're quick to condemn all the things they do. But are we quick to shine in their presence? Listen, please understand, and you can question my doctrine all you want and see me afterwards, but the Word of God tells me that Jesus did not come into this world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus did not come into this world to condemn any of the sins that a sinful world is committing. He came into this world to rescue them from that sin and to bring them into relationship with him. Now listen, I'm not saying, yeah, you condone all the things that this wicked world is doing. No, you don't. It grieves God. Yes, it does. It grieves it in his people even more so. God's not nearly as grieved by the sin of this world than he is of the sin of his people. And the reality is we're quick to condemn the world. We're quick to condemn the darkness of the world. But the question that the Holy Spirit is asking us tonight is how quick are you to be a light in that world? How quick are you to be like Jesus was? Listen, Jesus was light in the presence of a prostitute. Jesus was light in the presence of a tax collector. Jesus was light in the presence of the the down and lowly sinner, church. He didn't condemn them. He shone the light on them so that they might see the error of their ways. So that they might see that the things they're doing are grieving the Father which is in heaven. That's what our responsibility is, church, to shine the light so they might see. That's the first characteristic of light. It helps us to see. And this world needs to see what they can't see right now. And the only way they can is if you and I are willing to shine, church. Point them to Jesus. Point them to Jesus. Listen, if you're trying to win someone to Christ, again, you can question my theology. Don't point out their sin. Point them to Jesus. Point them to Jesus. Now listen, there's a difference when there's a brother that calls himself a believer and he's walking in my presence and I see him sin. I'm going to point out his sin. I'm going to point out the things that he's doing that's grieving God. But when it comes to a sinner that can't see, I just point him to Jesus. Point him to the cross because that's what they need, church. Please understand, you know it as well as I do, that once you see Jesus, your life changes, amen? You become conscious of your sin. You become conscious of your wicked ways. You become conscious of the things that grieve the heart of God. You are the light of the world. So be it in the darkness, church. Holy Spirit is saying, go glow in the dark. It's exactly why God called us to glow in the dark. It's why he called us to let our light so shine so that the world might see and be saved, amen? Listen, this world needs someone willing to light it up, church. And I'm not talking about lighting up a cigarette. I'm not talking about lighting up a joint or lighting up a cigar, lighting up a pipe. I'm talking about lighting it up for Jesus Christ. This world needs someone from the house of God and from the family of God to say every single morning, I'm about to step out there into the darkness of a deep, dark world, and I'm going to light it up for Jesus today. But Holy Spirit, I need your help to do it. Listen, you're going to be a flashlight dud. 
If you don't call on the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't shine on your own. You can't be bright on your own. You can't change anybody's life on your own every single day. It's even like Pastor Darrell prayed about the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's what we need every single day. When we step out there into this world, we need the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, but we have to shine, church. It's what the Holy Spirit's called us to do, and it's what the world needs. Talking about shining bright for Jesus Christ, I'm talking about being in being that lampstand that Jesus said that lights up the whole house. Talking about being that witness, that bold witness. I'm talking about being a city on the hill for all to see. The truth is this world needs someone to shine. And I know it's a weird saying, but this world needs someone to shine out loud for Jesus Christ. To shine out loud. And when I, when I talk about shining out loud, I'm talking about shining with boldness. I'm talking about shining with the anointing. I'm talking about shining with a brightness that can't be matched by anyone else except the children of God that are filled with the Spirit of God. That's what this world needs. This world needs someone who will shine out loud for Jesus Christ. Like I said, this world doesn't need some cheapo dinko flashlight that never works. This world needs someone that is willing to shine bright and boldly for Jesus Christ. Amen? No matter where they are. Oh, it's easy for us to get bold and bright up in here. Woo! You see the people of God moving here. But the world that needs the light is out there. And it's like, you know, we got a flashlight. We turn it on, come in the house of God. Shine it all over, brother. Oh! And then as soon as we walk out those doors, we hit the off button, we stick it in our back pocket and say, I'll come shine again next week, Jesus. Forgive us, God. Forgive us. This house doesn't need the light. The well don't need the hospital. The sick do, the Bible says. The lost do, the Bible says. The deceived do. What God and the Holy Spirit are calling us to do is to glow in the dark, church, and this is not the dark. Now, there's some churches that are filled with darkness. Don't get me wrong, but you know exactly what I'm talking about, amen? We need to shine out there in the darkness of this world. We can't just do it in here. We have to start glowing in the dark wherever that darkness might be, amen? It's what we have to keep in mind. When you look at the, the, the wording of Jesus in Matthew 5.16 as I move on, I want to look at one particular word. He said, let, three letters, let your light so shine. And in the Greek, the word that Jesus used for let was the word aphiami, aphiami. And it means this, it means to allow to escape, it means to allow it to go through it means do not hinder or halt. This is what it means in the Greek. It means to give permission to, and ultimately it means to send forth with authority. And this is what Jesus is saying when he says, let your light so shine before men. He was saying, allow it to escape. 
He was saying, allow it to pass through you into a dark and dying world. When he said, let your light so shine, he was saying, allow it to to pass through you because it doesn't actually come from you. It comes from the Father. It comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from the Holy Spirit that you are filled with when you get saved and when you are baptized. And what Jesus is saying is, let Allow it to pass through you the light of the kingdom of God. Allow it to pass through you into a world that's dark and dying. Allow it to pass through you into the darkness of your marriage or into the darkness of your household or into the darkness of your community or in the darkness of your workplace or in the darkness of your your neighborhood. Allow it to pass through you, Jesus is saying. Remember, he said, you are the light of the world. So he wants us to allow it to pass through us, church. He wants us to send it forth into this world with authority. He was saying, don't hinder the light. Don't hold back the light. Don't don't hide the light like we so often do. He said, but rather send it forth into this world with authority. Send it forth into this world with boldness. Send it forth into this world with with brightness and with power so that the world might see and be saved. Amen? Listen, sometimes we have to take authority over the darkness. Amen? And this is exactly what Jesus was talking about when he said, let your light so shine. He was saying, send it forth with the power and the authority of the kingdom of God so that the world might see. Again, meaning that the responsibility doesn't just fall on you. You have to let it go. You have to send it forth with the authority that's been given to you, but you don't, have the, you don't have the power and the authority again, like I said, on your own. But sometimes we have to take authority over darkness. Or the reality is the darkness will take authority over us. Sometimes you have to take authority over the darkness that tries to descend in your marriage, or darkness will overtake your marriage. Sometimes you have to take authority over the darkness that tries to descend on your mind. Or guess what? Darkness will take authority over your mind. Sometimes you have to take authority over the darkness that tries to descend or take control over your finances. Because if you don't, darkness will take control of them. And that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us, church, that when we shine the light of Christ, he is, he's, he's telling us that there is a power within us, that there is a, an anointing within us, there is a spirit within us that has the power to dispel the darkness wherever it might be, whether it's in your mind, whether it's in your household, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your neighborhood, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's in your boss's office. You have the power to dispel the darkness if you would just shine the light of Jesus Christ. Again, I told you last week, not like a weirdo, but like a child of God, full of the character and the nature of God. Sometimes, church, we have to bind darkness and rebuke darkness by sending forth the light under the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, like I said. Sometimes we have to send forth the light with authority and not timidity, church. And it's exactly what Jesus meant when he said, let your light so shine. He wants us to rise up. Again, not like falcons, but he wants us to rise up and let our light so shine with boldness and with power. I will use that football example or analogy. Listen, when we go to a ball game, when I was watching the falcons on TV, man, I rose up and, man, I let it go. 
exactly what Jesus is talking about. He's looking for some individuals that are willing and prepared and ready to let loose the light of Jesus Christ in the dark places, common places of this world. Amen? Listen, I believe Jesus said, let your light so shine. He used the word atheomai because our tendency is to hide the light. Our tendency is to be that undercover Christian. Our tendency is to keep it to ourselves, to to keep it bottled up or covered up instead of letting it loose with boldness over a lost and dying world. And listen, if any of us have that issue, if any of us have that struggle, if any of us have that fear of just letting it loose, we have to call on God because fear is not from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power, and of a sound mind. And so what we have to do every day, listen, you might battle that fear of just letting it loose for God. you got to say, Holy Spirit, overcome this fear. You've, been, you've given me authority over every dark and unclean spirit. And I take authority over this, this spirit of fear, and God, I pray that you would just give me the power to let loose the light of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's a simple prayer, isn't it? And when we begin to trust and and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, he'll give us what we need to make it happen. And you'd be surprised when you pray that prayer how many opportunities the Holy Spirit gives you to do that. Amen? It's just, it's amazing to me. And I'm not going to get into a lot of detail or take up all the time, but my oldest daughter is in Noonan Hospital. She's coming home tonight, praise God. She's doing well. But while I was there, obviously this has been on my mind, this study, for, from last week through this week. And all my prayers have been, God, let me be the light. Let me be the salt. Give me the opportunity. Give me all this. And every single time I went to the hospital, I found someone that needed the light on their life. Someone that I bumped into. Someone that I could go to the room and pray with other than my daughter. Somewhere where I could be. And I'm not saying that to brag on myself at all. What I'm saying is that when you put it on your heart and you put it on your mind and you ask the Holy Spirit to give you opportunity, He will. And you will sense a boldness that you've never sensed before. And listen, if you don't have the, that, that super strong boldness, you know what you need? You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need the anointing of your Holy Spirit. And all you got to do is ask God for that too. And that's a whole other service. That's a whole other series that I can get into. But I'm giving you some, some instruction here on how you can be the salt and the light that God has called you to be. Amen? Please understand, Jesus said, Atheomai, your light When he said that, he was calling us to a conscious decision. He was calling us to a conscious decision to let our light so shine in a dark and dying world, church, to not hinder it, to not hamper it, to not hold it back, but to light it up instead, like I said. Please understand, it's not by accident that we shine. It's not by accident that we shine, amen? It doesn't happen all by itself. Oops. I just shined. Oops. I just praised the Lord. Listen, how many of you know you don't praise God by accident? You don't worship God by accident. You don't reach into your pocket and take out a wad of cash by accident and give it to God. I wish that would happen because it doesn't seem like, you know, the, the house of God is motivated enough to give. But again, a whole nother message. My point is simply, these things don't happen by accident, amen? 
It's not something that happens unintentionally or accidentally. We don't shine by accident. It must be a conscious, purposed decision in our life that when I go out into this world today, that when I go to the workplace today, that when I meet with my family today, that whatever it is, wherever it is that we go, and whatever path we might take, we must be purposed and make a conscious decision to glow in the dark, church, because it doesn't happen by itself. Listen, when it comes to church on Sunday, you got to make a conscious decision to get up and get ready. To, dr- to, to dress yourself, to bathe yourself, to prepare yourself, to get in the car, to have your breakfast, to, to drive down the road, to get out of your car, to walk in the house. You, you, you got to make a conscious purpose decision to do that. And when you come in the house, you have to make a conscious purpose decision to praise the Lord and bless the Lord and thank the Lord and give to the Lord. And the same way goes for being the light of the earth. You have to be purposed with it because it will not happen by accident. It has to happen through us, Amen. We gotta let it happen and make it happen. The next characteristic of light that I'll probably finish with is that light brings comfort. You know as well as I do that on a dark and stormy night, a light in the hallway, a night light in the room, or a candle on the shelf can bring peace and comfort to a troubled, turbulent soul. It can bring comfort to the little child or even the adult who is afraid of the dark. If you have kids, how many times or even when you were a kid, Daddy, Mommy, can you just open the door a little bit and let the light in? And all of their fears, all of their worries, all of their weird imaginations that go on about monsters under the bed, it all disappears. And they go to sleep just because of the light. And the reality is, listen, that's what Jesus is calling us to be. He's calling us to open the door to his kingdom and allow the light of his kingdom and the light of Jesus Christ. He's asking us to crack the door in the darkness, church, of our own heart to to let the light of the kingdom pass through us, church. You get what I'm saying. I'm trying to get you to get this mental picture in your mind to crack the door of your heart, crack the door of your life, and let what's in you shine out into the life of someone that needs comfort in their darkness. Someone that's tormented in their mind or troubled in their marriage or or overcome by anxiousness because of something that's going on in their household church. Crack the door because the light has power to settle the soul. Amen? Has the power to drive away fear and uncertainty and bring comfort in its place. That's what God is calling us to do and the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. To bring comfort to this dark and dying world as well. To bring comfort to those who are afraid of tomorrow. How many of you know there's individuals in your life that can barely face the day? Can't even go to bed because of what's going on in their life and the things that they have to deal with. He wants us to bring comfort to those that are afraid of what their future might hold because they don't even know what tomorrow might bring. 
He wants us to bring comfort to those that are afraid of the test results. And we're surrounded by people all the time that are waiting on those results. And he's asking us to crack the door. He's asking us to glow in the dark, in in their darkness, so that we can bring comfort to their discomfort. So that we can bring hope to their hopelessness and help to their helplessness, church. He's asking us to be that light in the darkness of that individual that's afraid to be alone or, or afraid that they will never make it on their own. I know individuals that have gone through a horrible divorce and, and they don't know how they're going to make it on their own. They've, they've gone through the loss of a loved one and they don't know how in the world I'm going to make it on my own. And what they need is someone who is willing to be the light and life of Jesus Christ to crack open the door to the kingdom of God so God's comfort might come into their life. That's a characteristic of light. It brings comfort. And what Jesus is saying when he said, let your light so shine or you are the the light of this world. He was saying, you are the comfort to the uncomfortable. You are the comfort that this world needs because they found themselves in a place that they cannot handle on their own. And they're holding it all in and they don't want anybody to see and they don't want anybody to know. And they cry themselves to sleep every single night. And they're petrified to face the day. And panic attacks overtake them. And what Jesus is saying, please, crack the door to the kingdom of God. And allow the comfort of the Father to flow into their life. You are the light. You are the comfort of this world. So go glow in the dark. You understand what the Holy Spirit is saying, church. We have the power to disrupt the darkness of of anyone's life if we would just let our light so shine. If we would just let it flow through us, amen? If we would just send it forth with authority like Jesus sent forth his disciples. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and therefore, glow. When Jesus sends you, he anoints you. When Jesus sends you, he empowers you. When Jesus sends you, he gives you everything you need to be everything he's called you to be. And when you and I go out into this world and we desire to be the light that Jesus has called us to be, he will give us everything we need, church. Listen. One of the best ways I believe that you and I can receive the Holy Spirit is to try to do something that you could never do on your own. It's how I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I wanted to step out and do something big for God, something that I could never, ever do on my own. And I knew I could not do it without the Holy Spirit. And I told the Lord, fill me with the Spirit, I'll do it. He filled me with the Spirit, and I did it. So this is, again, just a little bit of instruction. I, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't fill everybody the same way. You know that? Okay, you can't box in the Holy Spirit. You can't tell them how to act. You can't tell them how to fill somebody. You know? I'm going to stop right there. The Holy Spirit doesn't need our help. Okay? What he needs is our obedience. What he needs is our faith. What he needs is our trust. And we do all those things, I promise you, you'll be filled like you've never been filled before. 
Thank you, Jesus. Listen, Jesus used the analogy as I begin to wind this down about light and a theomai because he understood that this world is filled with people who need comforting. People who need the power and the authority of God to be loosed over their darkness. There's people in your life that are bound up by something and you have the power within you through the light and the life of Jesus Christ to come against that darkness, to break the chains, to open prison doors. Amen? You get it? This is how we, this is how we loose the light of Jesus Christ into their lives. Listen, in Psalm 69.20, talking about comfort, I'm trying to find a place to land this. David himself, King David, the psalmist, the one who wrote some of the most beautiful words that you'd ever read in Scripture, wrote some of the most beautiful psalms, said this, their insults have broken my heart, and I am in despair. And if you read that, it means just in depression, despair, darkness, overwhelmed, overcome. If only one person would show some pity, if only one would turn and comfort me, if only one individual would be a candle in the dark, David said, because how many of you know only one candle has the power to light up a room? Listen, you have the power all by yourself, filled with the Holy Spirit, to light up a room. You have the power to light up a hospital room all by yourself. One person, all by themselves, with, the, with the, the presence of God and the presence of Jesus and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Listen, it only takes one individual to bring comfort to someone. You don't have to bring your whole Bible study over to someone's house to, to, to bring freedom or comfort into their life. You just need to have the faith to step out and offer some yourself. Amen? Oh, Jesus, help us. If only one. If only one. Because that's all it takes, church. Listen, it only takes one card to turn someone's life around. It only takes one compliment to bring comfort to someone that's not doing too well. It takes only one word of encouragement. I don't have to preach a full sermon like this to someone else to, to, to bring comfort to their time of need. One phone call, one card, one visit, one note, one word of encouragement, one knock on the door, one ring on the telephone, one text, one email. That's all it takes to bring comfort to someone who needs to be comforted, church. But God help us, sometimes it's too hard for us to be that one. Leave it to the pastor. Leave it to the staff. Leave it to somebody else. But God help us be that one. David only needed one person to reach into his life. There's individuals all around you that only need one person to reach into their life. And what my prayer is, is that you and I would be that one person. My prayer is that you and I would answer that call, that we would be that one person that could offer comfort, that we would be that one person to send the text, that one person to send the, the, the card, to be that one person to offer a word of encouragement. When, the, when they're on your mind and you're thinking about them, you call them up, you text them, you do something just to, to build them up and comfort them in their time of need. It's what Jesus did with us. And it's what he's asking us to do to a world that is lost and dying. You are the light, the comfort of the world. Be that one individual 
2 Corinthians 1, 4, as I close this out, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can be a comfort to others. When others are troubled, how many of you know people that are troubled? When others are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. How many of you are thankful that you've ever received the comfort of God in your life? Amen? And the Bible says he comforts us so that we can comfort others. Amen? He puts the light in us so we can shine the light on others. Amen? He reveals things to us so we can help reveal them to others, church. The question is this. Are we bringing comfort to the lost? When we walk into a room, do we bring the comfort of Christ with us? Do individuals find peace in our presence? Do our words settle their soul? Or do we add to their darkness instead? Oh, that God's people would send forth the light with authority. Oh, that God's people would glow in the dark. Oh, that God's people would let their light so shine before men that they might see and be saved. Amen? Oh, that we would be that one that brings comfort where comfort is needed. Amen? And with this, how many of you want to be that one? And I'm just going to ask to stand to your feet because this is how we're going to close. God, I want to be that one. If no one else responds, God, I want to be that one. I want to be that one that helps others see. I want to be that one that sends forth your light with authority, with power and boldness so I can bring comfort into the lives of those that are around me. How many of you want to shine a little bit brighter? Amen. Do a better job of glowing in the dark. I'm the first to say, God, help me do that. And that's what we're praying tonight. And then I'm praying in this prayer, and you do the same thing, that God truly give us the opportunity to do that. That he bring names to our mind, that he allows people to cross our paths, and that we be sensitive to that, and, and then call on the power of the Holy Spirit to help us shine and be everything he's called us to be. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this evening. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you, God, for that very moment where in each and every one of our lives individually, you let your light shine into our darkness. I'm thankful, God, that all of those that are here that are saved are able to say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was wandering in darkness, but now I am in your glorious light. And God, the first thing I need to pray is if there's anyone here in this house tonight that has never known you, never received you, never come out of darkness, struggling in the darkness, living in the darkness, being troubled by the darkness or overcome by the darkness, God, that tonight they would see the light of Jesus Christ, that they would see the light of the cross and the life that comes from it, that they would be willing in their heart, even now as I pray, to say, God, I need your light, I need your son, I need your forgiveness I need to come out of darkness so I can also be a child of light. So God, move on that individual's heart if there's anyone here that needs that, God. And I pray that if anyone prayed that, pray that they would see me afterwards and we can just rejoice with them. But God, beyond that, I pray that you would help us to be the light that you've called us to be. 
that you would help us to shine in the darkness and glow in the dark, that you would help us to understand, Father God, that, that we would uh, loose the light with the authority and the power that you have given to each and every one of us, that when we go out into the darkness of this world, that when we go out into the darkness of the common everyday places of this world, that we would crack the door and allow the light of the kingdom of God to shine forth through us, God, into the lives of someone else. Let us not be ashamed of the gospel. Let us not be ashamed to shine. Let us not be timid. Let us be bold and let us be bright. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill your people tonight, God, that you would give us everything that we need, the strength that we need, the boldness that we need, the truth that we need, the wisdom that we need, the revelation that we need, the authority that we need that comes from you. So that every day that when we go out into this world, Father God, we can walk in authority, we can walk in boldness, and let your light so shine, God, that we would send it forth with authority into our marriage, that we would send the light forth with authority into our household and our family and our neighborhood, our workplace, our lunchroom, our break room, wherever it might be, God. I pray that the light of the kingdom of God would shine brightly everywhere we go. God, don't let us be dim bulbs. Let us be bright lights, Father God, because there is a world that is lost and dying in darkness, and they're headed for destruction, God. Move us in our spirits. Move us in our hearts. Help us to answer the call to evangelize this lost and dying world and give us the courage that we need to do so. Let these words, Father God, that have been spoken stay with us, God. As we go into the workplace, give us opportunity to be doers of your word and not just hearers only. Let us not hide the light. Let us not hinder the light. Let us not hold back the light, but let it pass through us, I pray, O oh God, so that someone might see and someone might be saved. God, whatever needs are represented in your house tonight, God, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financial, financially, familial-wise, marital-wise, I thank you that you're able to meet every single one of those needs tonight according to your power and your riches and glory. So descend upon your people tonight and make them whole. Put together whatever's broken. Bring into order whatever's out of order. God, physically come against every sickness, every form of disease, all, all infirmity. In the name of Jesus, God, let your authority be here and raise them up, God. As we go, cover us. As we go, anoint us. As we rise up, as we lie down, and as we walk along the way. Let us be recipients of your goodness and your glory. We're careful to give you all the praise and all the glory, for there's no one worthy like you. And everyone said, amen. Can we bless the Lord for his word tonight, church? Amen. You know my challenge is the title of my message. Go and glow in the dark in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, if you want to tarry and have a special need, we'll stay. Otherwise, receive that prayer of faith and go be go made well.